Well, good afternoon, Lake Norman, and welcome to Town Talk. We're coming to you live from WSIC, the Real Talk Studio, nestled on the banks of beautiful Lake Norman, streaming worldwide from uh, Kaluni, Ireland to Terza, South Carolina. I'm your host, Bill Russell, President of Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce, the largest chamber of commerce in the Charlotte region. This program is where we discuss topics that are impacting your family, your friends, your neighbors, your business, from my neighborhood to yours. My guests today are Don Kakitsis, the Director of Fundraising and Marketing at the Smithfield Community Coalition, and Brian Sisson, the co-owner of the Range at Lake Norman, and Douglas Marion, the President of Vance Wealth Strategies and the 2023 Chairman of the Board of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. You can call us and talk to us at 844-STUDIO-4. That's 844-STUDIO-4. Before we get started, a big shout-out to Charlotte Douglas, which has been named the most efficient airport in North America. The most efficient. 30 million people coming through Charlotte. Probably the, the reason that North, North Carolina was ranked uh, number one for business just a couple of weeks ago. Wouldn't you agree, Brian? Yeah, definitely. Um, also, before we get started into the show, and I introduce our guest, we have a message from Kim from McConnell's. It says, it appears that Joe Vagnone, who's been boasting he had more callers in last week's Good Morning LKN show, you had more folks who viewed it. You actually beat him. Um, Bill, the producer, you're in the other. Who had more views? Well, it appears uh, she might be correct. Uh, according to YouTube, you have 32. Joe Vagnone sits at a solid 30. <laughs> And we won't, we won't talk about Facebook views or the other streaming channels, but on YouTube, YouTube, I eclipsed him by two viewers. That's, that's correct, right? Okay, well, we will not say anything to Joe because he is the king of the radio, and we wanna, don't want to displace him, although I think the king was really Elvis. You know, even when he was a little bit obese with his banana sandwiches, he was still the king. So... Uh, Anyway, Don, uh, we have you on today. We're going to talk about Leadership Lake Norman, but you're currently uh, on staff with Smithfield Coalition. For people who may not be familiar with Smithfield, uh, share a little bit. What, what is Smithfield? Um, so Smithville is um, a community in Cornelius uh -huh. um, that has been there since the 1880s. So Smithville Park, people may not know, was originally a cotton field. Um, and so the sharecroppers that worked the land that was that, the cotton field that's Smithville Park now, um, they were given plots of land as sharecroppers to live near um, the cotton field. And so the plots of that land was big enough so that they could have a house, a garden, and an animal. Um, and so generationally that land has been passed down from family to family to family. So the Smithville community... Um, has been a critical hub um, for Cornelius since the 1880s. It um, really has. You know, a lot of the, the wealth of Cornelius was built on the backs of the laborers and the workforce at that time um, that made Cornelius what it is. I love looking back at the old photos of the garden um, from back in the 70s. You know, the community garden looks one way now, but, you know, years ago, back in the 70s, there were some, you know, fantastic residents of Smithville who were planting all over the town of Cornelius. So when you came in, it was really beautiful and lots of flowers. And um, so Smithville, over the years, they fought for annexation into the town of Cornelius around 1972. 
Um, they did not get annexed until um, into the town of Cornelius until 1980. Um, so that meant Smithville, that community did not have access to municipal services, um, trash pickup, fire police, all of that. So um, you have a community of people that really thrived um, despite the challenges over decades of time. Um, you know, they were paying taxes living in Cornelius right. but weren't getting resources. Um, so a revitalization plan was created on how to re revitalize the neighborhood. And so that was approved by the town, of you know, the commissioners. Um, and so we've been moving full steam ahead with the revitalization plan to provide workforce housing um, in the neighborhood. And we're going to talk a little bit more about Smithville in particular as we this hour progresses. But uh, you spoke about wealth. Well, we've got the president of Advanced Wealth Strategies on. Uh, Douglas, share a little bit about what, what your organization does. I mean, share a little bit about Advance. Sure. Uh, Advanced Wealth Strategies is an independent financial planning firm here in Cornelius, uh, serving the Charlotte Lake Norman region, uh, although we do have clients in, in uh, multiple states. Uh, we started the firm uh, almost 11 years ago next month, um, really to be an in independent and comprehensive firm that focuses on everything in someone's financial life, whether they're an individual, a family, or a business owner. Um, we cover all the, the facets of the financial life. Um, that could be investment management, insurance services, tax planning, um, and estate planning. Brian, uh, you wear a lot of different hats. You, you do IT and, and built our first website for the Chamber of Commerce many years ago, but you're the co-owner of the range at Lake Norman, which I think was... Uh, the first female-owned gun range in all of North Carolina. Is that right? It, it was. It was one of the first female-owned gun ranges in the United States, actually. Oh, in the United yes, States. I okay. We were, I think we were the second in the United States. Um, but, yeah, we're a, uh, a local organization. We have two facilities, one here and one down in Ballantyne. Um, and we provide all of your firearms and training needs for self-defense and personal protection. Um, the reason that we're on the show today is, is because uh, all of you, all three of you are graduates of Leadership Lake Norman, which is a program that the Chamber of Commerce puts on. If you live in Mooresville, uh, there is a leadership program that the Mooresville Chamber puts on. If you're from Statesville, the Statesville Chamber of Commerce puts on a leadership program. Most chambers have a leadership program. And I'm not sure that y'all know, the, the very second day I was employed at the Chamber in 1996, then board chair Scott Lawrence came in and gave me my marching orders of the things he wanted us to accomplish during his year. And one of them was to create a leadership program so that the folks who were going to be running the businesses, were going to be involved in the civic clubs, who were thinking about running for office, could have some experiences about our community. And so he said, start me a leadership program. And so um, in 1997, we had the very first Leadership Lake Norman program. And that has evolved over the course of the years. We've now had over 600 graduates of the program. 600 people have graduated uh, from Leadership Lake Norman, which takes place over, I think it's seven different months or eight different months. Uh, starts with an overnight retreat that we hold in Bethel Woods, uh, Camp Bethel Woods in South Carolina. Um, for those of you who don't know where Bethel Woods is, that's, that's near Rock Hill, South Carolina. It's a church camp uh, that my church, Bethesda, is what was one of the founding members of Bethesda, but it's an overnight retreat there. But um, Dawn, you're, you, you graduated from leadership uh, what year? 2002. 2002. Tell me, why did you decide you wanted to go through a leadership program like that? Uh, I had moved 
and I moved to the area from Ohio after college um, back in 97. And I was working for um, a family-owned small business. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were focusing on, it was a learning center, so we were focusing on education. Um, and part of it was, you know, getting more connected to the area um, so that we could get a sense of the needs of the community, people in the community, resources, partnerships. Uh, and so for me, it, it seemed like a natural next step to, to be part of leadership like Norman so that I could get more connected to the community. And uh, you've continued to use that and get involved in other things that you've done, whether it's the Unity and Community or Smithville or some other things. Uh, Douglas, we're going to, when we come back from break, I want to ask you why you got involved in it. We also want to touch on your year as board chair of the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce. And Brian, the same thing some of the things that you were able to do after going through leadership like Norman. Uh, I'm Bill Russell, your host of Town Talk, and we will be right back after some brief breaks or some news. Come back to Town Talk. Thank you. And we're back with Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell, with Don Kakitsis. We have uh, Douglas Marion and Brian Sisson. And Douglas, right before we went on break, we were Dawn was sharing a little bit about why she got involved in Leadership Lake Norman, a uh, program that the Chamber of Commerce has been operating since 1997. Why did you go through Leadership Lake Norman? Well, Bill, it's because you kept asking me every year <laughs> for about seven years. <laughs> so I finally gave in to do it. <laughs> But no, the real reason was uh, just to uh, learn more about the community. I grew up in, in uh, States Vegas, right up the road in 77 uh, in Statesville. And, uh, you know, grown, growing up around the Lake Norman region, uh, I, le I learned a lot about it, knew a lot about the community. Um, I knew a lot about the program when we were going through the um, sort of the tips, tricks, and uh, topics of conversation and, and um, all the the statistics and facts around Lake Norman itself and the community, but uh, I did not know as much about the municipality things, um, visiting the uh, water treatment plant, um, going to several of the big uh, manufacturing uh, firms in the area, um, participating in the town hall events, things like that. I got a lot out of that for sure, um, but it's also just a great way to meet people, to build connections um, with the group that you're in, trying to figure out what your class project's going to be, um, so yeah, I was I was very um, excited to be a part of it and glad that I, I went through it again. And how did that parlay into your career? How did that how how has that helped you uh, in in what you do in business or even with the Chamber of Commerce? Well, it's helped um, dramatically to 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 know how things operate. So, for example, um, going through the municipality uh, workshop and and learning how those things work. Um, I'm now building a, another building and having to work through the town and get approvals and pre-development and uh, all that kind of stuff too. So it, it, it works not only in, in my current business, it also works in other business endeavors as well. Again, if you're listening to us, uh, whether you're in Mooresville, Statesville, or Atlanta, Georgia, chances are your Chamber of Commerce is running a leadership program and, and uh, you, you should look into it because it is a fantastic program that our Chambers of Commerce run. Brian, uh, you went through several years ago, your, your wife went through before you did, I think, actually. Uh, your uh, son and, uh, and, and daughter both went through the junior programs. We'll talk about that in just, just a minute. I think by the time, though, you went through Leadership Lake Norman, you had already served as Mayor Pro Tem of Huntersville three times, had you not? 
uh, two times as two mayor pro tem, two times as a commissioner. So yeah, it was um, kind of backwards. But then again, I generally <laughs> tend to do things backwards, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, no, my my wife had gone through uh, class fourteen, and uh, she you had been bugging me also to go through for a number of years, and she finally said you're just going to take it. And I think she actually signed me up for it. Um, so I went ahead and took it, and uh, it was a great experience, absolutely great experience. Um, made some good friends that still friends with th- this day that you know, probably never would have met had it not been for leadership. Um, and th- the government side of things, I'd already experienced it, so it wasn't, I think I missed most of those classes. Um, but the business side of things, um, that was really good to see some of the businesses and how they operate and some of the, the backside things that people don't really think about like a wastewater treatment plant and things mm-hmm. like that. Um, they, they were really a good experience and, and good to learn, you know, how things function in our community. And Douglas touched on one of the things that we asked the adult class to do is put together a class project. And um, it has to be some project that they all can work on together. And the class project for Tricia, your wife, was creating a junior version of the adult program. So the the uh, the premise is, is uh, students that are rising high school juniors, uh, any of our Lake Norman high schools, so whether it's in Cornelius Davis and Huntersville, Mooresville, uh, any of our Lake Norman high schools, or homeschool, they don't actually have to go to a public school or a private school, they could be homeschooled. But a rising junior can go through this program, it's a little bit shorter, probably not as intense as the adult version, but they go through a similar thing, they have a retreat, now ours is an overnight retreat, the adult is an overnight retreat at Bethel Woods, they do an in-town retreat that's held at Rural Hill. Um, but it, it's very similar in nature, and both uh, your son and your daughter went through the program. Can you share any of, of what they said about it? Yeah, my daughter loved it. Um, but I actually have to correct you. My son didn't go through it. He you, went through the you, adult program. You rejected my son going through <laughs> the right. junior leadership program. I, I, <laughs> you, I think it was you personally that rejected him. But anyway, he, he did wind up going through the adult leadership program. Um, but my daughter went through it, and she, she loved it. Once again, she made friends with people that she's still friends with to this day. Um, and she said it was a, just a fabulous experience learning things that, you know, other kids that are going to school in this area just are not going to learn because they're not going through uh, junior leadership like Norman. They actually, there is a criteria you have to have, I think, a, a 3.4 Don't go into the details. GPR. Sam might be listening. No, I'm, I'm not going to talk about anything <laughs> about your son, but there is a criteria. They also have a right write an essay about why, uh, what their community means to them and that type of thing. But uh, uh what, do you remember what your class project was? Did we you? did an island cleanup. I, you were John Hetwer's class. I was. <laughs> we, I was in with John Hetwer. That was the most extroverted class I think we had. <laughs> <laughs> and I can remember at Bethel Woods at the retreat when they did Myers-Briggs, um, I believe, you know, personality assessments. And it was, how are you going to plan, you know, let's plan a trip. And you've got, you know, the one group that's like, here's what time we're going to leave. Here's where we're going. Here's how we're doing it. And the other John Hetwer's group was like, maybe we'll take a motorcycle trip, maybe we'll, you know, I mean, it was just fly about its either pants. So yes. Um, and it's interesting because I, I think that's such a critical point about community and friendships and the evolution of that. Because I think, um, you know, John Hetwer, uh, his son and my son played baseball together. Oh, really? Or um, Ned Fleming was in my group. Mm-hmm. And so... Anthony um, Roberts, I believe, was yeah, in the class. Uh, and um, Ned and his wife gave us travel advice when we went to Italy and ended up, you know, following a lot of their recommendations. And um, I know Courtney uh, Wolfram was in my group and she has small mouth marketing. Um, and, and I've reached out to her for various things in the past. So... Um, it really has been a source of, you know, information, resources, friendships, 
um, you know, that, that have lasted. I mean, like I said, I did that in 2002. So, um, so I've been able to see a lot of those leaders lean into the spaces that are appropriate for their skill set and their leadership, which has also been fantastic. You know, Brian, and I've told you this, uh, we asked the, the students after they go through junior leadership, Lake Norman, what they enjoy most. And, and invariably going down to the hospital and, and seeing the helicopters and getting on the helicopter, they don't actually go on the helicopter, but they, uh, they can see it and get inside and, and tour the hospital and, and meeting with those. So healthcare day is always very special, but they always enjoy going down the range at Lake Norman, uh, and, and meeting with Brian and, um, and hearing some of the things about you as a small business, because we talk about it, uh, the 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 code that was in place at the time and the struggles you had to open the business uh, there in Cornelius. Uh, and what was the number one thing that you guys fought? It wasn't it wasn't how loud the guns are going to be or the fact that there's going to be guns in Cornelius stored. What what was the issue that you had the hardest time with? It it. it was just ridiculous. We spent so much time, money, and effort on making our building so quiet that you couldn't hear the guns firing outside the building. And we go before the town board, and they're great with everything, but the color of the building. <laughs> Thank you, Karen Floyd. Um, we had to change the color by two tones to get it approved. It's, it's amazing. But, but hearing, you know, again, those students hearing uh, what a small business owner has to do to be in compliance sometimes. You know, I remember when John Anarella ran for mayor the first time, they were talking about how Sam James had to install these bicycle racks outside the funeral home and had to pay all this money for the bicycle racks. And the question was asked, how many people take their bicycle up to the funeral home? Nobody. In a suit. <clears throat> no, nobody. And then, then there was the, the shrubs have to be so high. And, you know, they said, well, they'll grow. <laughs> I mean, they'll get there. But it's, it's sometimes it's the codes we put into place that uh, really uh, hamper small business. You ready for it, Douglas? <laughs> <laughs> Douglas, what, do you have a favorite experience of Leadership Lake Norman that you went through? Uh, favorite experience? Um, I don't know. I liked all of them, really. Like you talked about seeing the helicopters. We went to the fire department, you know, gotten all the fire trucks, things like that. I'd never been inside of a fire truck before. Uh, <laughs> Or I don't think I've ever been inside of a helicopter before either. So uh, seeing some of that stuff was really cool. Um, the water treatment plant um, sounds gross. It is gross, but <laughs> it really is a feat, a feat of uh, engineering where they put that stuff together that, you know, you go home and wash your dishes and run your washing machine and flush the toilet. You don't really know. It just magically goes away. But there really is an enormous facility uh, numerous facilities, in fact, but seeing how all that worked was pretty neat. You just might have to hold your nose a little bit. Information about Leadership Lake Norman and Junior Leadership Lake Norman is on the Chamber's website at lakenormanchamber.org, um, or we can send you uh, a brochure on the on the program if you're interested. The application deadline for the adults is Friday, September the 8th, and the application deadline for the students is September 15th. Again, both the adult and junior leadership Lake Norman is on the website. Uh, Dawn, is there a favorite experience that you have of leadership? I think for me it was, uh, I can remember being in the church mm -hmm. um, and talking about the history of the church and the stone wall. Um, that was Hopewell, right? Yes, yeah. and so um, I can remember um, learning just where people were allowed to sit in the church mm -hmm. um, and who sat in the balcony and who was able to sit down below. And um, part of that was, you know, and I've said this to other people, when you, many people who are transplants to this area don't 
get the experience of school field trips because uh-huh. they didn't grow up here. Um, and so I think leadership provides that all those field trips that elementary school kids take that they earn that they learn about the history of their area. Well, you don't get to do that when you move here in your twenties or thirties. Um, and so leadership like Norman provided that all those local field trips of treatment plants and history and education. Um, you get to get that as an adult where um, it, it connects you deeper to your community in a way that you understand the infrastructure and the history. So I think for me, the history aspect of it was was critical and helpful. That's a great way to put it. It's been fascinating. Again, over 600 people have come through the Leadership Lake Norman program and um, a program that was started in 1997. Uh, when we come back, Don, we're going to talk about Smithfield in particular and some of the things that y- your organization's doing. Please come back and join us for Town Talk right here on WSIC. And welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell. We're here with Don Katitis. And Don, before we went to break, we said we we're going to talk about Smithville a little bit more. Uh, tell me about the revitalization plan that you guys have for, for Smithville. Yeah, it was um, started really with um, NCDOT originally wanted to put a road through Smithville, mm-hmm. and the residents said, no, thank you. <laughs> uh, and, and we're successful at that very uh, emphatic no, thank you. Um, and so from there, that transitioned over into Willie Jones, who are, is, is our executive director. Um, fortunately for us, he retired here in 2014 um, after a 35-year career in affordable housing. This would be his ninth neighborhood that he's revitalized around the country. Um, and so we really had the best person for the job to be able to create a revitalization plan. So Lisa Mayhew-Jones, who's been a resident of Smithville her whole life, grew up there, um, she was advocating for resources for the community, um, and the community um, decided, felt that she really should be a leader of all of those efforts. So between Lisa and Willie getting together, um, and John Quinn was in the mix as well mm-hmm. at some point, um, they crafted the revitalization plan. Um, and that was, you know, how can we provide the infrastructure this community needs? How can we um, create a community that is vibrant? Um, How can we also preserve the history of the architecture? Um, And so this plan was really crafted out of feedback from the community, and that's where all of it started. And then Willie built on the feedback from the community in order to put the revitalization plan together um, and the infrastructure, and then presented that to the community and then presented that to the town. Don, just last night, we had a national night out in Cornelius, which is uh, our police and fire being able to engage with the families that live here. Um, During COVID and right before we were beginning to see some social unrest in our community, not in our community, but across the country, um, protests and riots breaking out across the country on on a a lot of different various things. We didn't really have that in Lake Norman. And I've, I've contended that because of the work of Ada Jenkins Center, because of our national night outs and the police and fire engaging with the community, because of the work of the unity and community of engaging in the community. That's why we really haven't had those types of things here in Lake Norman that other parts of the country has seen. For those who, who, who may not know, what is the unity and community and, and what kind of role do they play? Yeah, Unity and Community is also a nonprofit. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a 501c4, not a c3. Um, and that means they can um, they can be in the space where they're advocating for um, different things politically. 
Um, and so that's the difference between the two. But Unity and Community started after um, the violence in Charlottesville, Virginia. And it started with a um, prayer vigil and candlelight vigil in Davidson. And they asked people, would you want to get together and, and meet for dinner and conversation? And that created a list of people. And from there, it was formalized into Unity and Community. And that evolved then into large group meetings, uh, which we have quarterly, and then small group meetings where you can join a small group only if the group is set up to be diverse. Um, you don't want just an all-white group of people talking about racial equity. Um, so we want um, diverse groups of people in our small groups. Um, and from there, then, it's just grown tremendously with advocating for um, and challenging the community on the Confederate monument that's in Cornelius, um, as well as, you know, they just had um, a faith conversation for the large group um, session last Saturday. Uh, I served on the board of directors for two years with um, Unity and Community. So I think it's a critical, I, I think it's a critical space in which people can safely have the conversations about what's impacting them. So, so those conversations were being had during those times mm -hmm. of unrest around the country. Um, they were providing spaces for those conversations to happen. Douglas, we've, we've had kind of a nice stretch of the market doing really, really well. Um, but there's a lot of perceptions that the, the, the market and the economy are tied together. And that's not necessarily so. I mean, we could we could be suffering a little bit from some recessionary, inflationary issues, but the stock market is still doing quite well. Uh, tell us about what, what's going on with the market. It's a bit of a loaded question. <laughs> but the short answer is yes, the economy can be doing one thing while the stock market does something else. But it also depends on if you're looking at it in the short term uh, versus the long term. So if you say the market's you know had a really good run, uh, if you look over the last six months, that might be true. If you look over the last two years, it may not be true. Uh, the market's actually down. So um, if you look over the last decade, we had one of the biggest bull runs in, in market history, mm -hmm. uh, really from 2010, 12 to 2020, um, The market's done very well, uh, but the economy's also done very well in that same time frame. So while they're not technically tied together, uh, what we do is we look at leading and laggard indicators. So uh, if I look at new housing starts, for example, that it would be a, a leading indicator that the, mar the market's going to do well um, because people are employed, we're building, you're building the economy, and so many things come out of real estate and housing that touches a lot of the economy. So uh, if, the, if that's happening uh, and growing, then the market's likely growing. So they're a little bit tied that way, but they're leading and uh, lagging indicators. Inflation, you mentioned. Well, the problem with recessions and inflation is inflation is a lagging indicator. Uh, we might feel it in our pocket today, but economists don't analyze the numbers until after the fact when we get the reports. So um, the market can be doing really well, even though the economy is not doing very well until we get the numbers the following month or the following quarter, something like that. Um, is it too late if you're in your 30s or 40s or possibly in your 50s to be saving for retirement? The best time is yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> the earlier you can get uh, started saving for retirement, the better. Uh, primarily because uh, the times years ago is, you know, most people relied on company pensions. Mm -hmm. Those are a thing of the past now, primarily, not completely, but primarily a thing of the past. So 
What that happened over the last several decades, getting rid of pensions, is it puts a lot more stress, financial stress, on creating retirement income uh, in addition to Social Security. So the earlier you can get that started, the better. The easiest way to describe that is the power of compounding. Uh, let's say money doubles every 7 to 10 years. Um, if that's the case, then if you start when you're 30, you may have 30 or 35 years to save. So it might double three or four times, maybe five times. If you start when you're 20, you've got an extra doubling at least. So if, if I take 50 grand and doubles to 100, which doubles to 200, doubles to 400, and doubles to 800, if I started at 30 versus 20, I'm at 400. If I started at 20, I'm at 800. Mm -hmm. So that's really the easiest way to describe compounding is the earlier you can start, the best thing, I think, I don't know who quoted as saying it, but the eighth wonder of the world is uh, the power of compounding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but if you're expecting Social Security to be able to take care of your retirement, uh, you're probably going down the wrong path. Probably so. <laughs> Social Security has plenty of issues that I could spend an hour talking about, but uh, people ask, is it going to run out? Um, Social Security will always be here in some form or fashion as long as we have a labor force. Uh, our paychecks are taxed and goes directly to those that are benefiting in, in retirement. And Douglas, you're, you're contemplating another business. Uh, I am not contemplating anymore. We are very well committed to it. Uh, so yes, my, myself and my wife, Shannon, uh, along with my brother, uh, Travis, his wife, Chelsea, um, we have uh, already built the, the business side of it. We actually incorporated it in 2019. Thankfully, we didn't uh, pull the trigger very quickly, uh, but it's called Fruitful Roots Brewing. Um, my brother's been a home brewer for more than a decade. Um, it's really kind of a passion project for us, uh, something we enjoy doing as an experience, and uh, we're bringing a business to it. So we've purchased some land in downtown Cornelius, um, just a block north of the new art center and town hall. And um, we plan to break ground here in just a few months, and we'll be building a commercial building that also holds the um, holds the the fruitful roots brewing, and and it'll be a full service brewery and kitchen. You know, the the, the brewing industry has been very very good in Lake Norman. It has. Uh, it's kind of like um, people ask us, you know, are you are you concerned with um, Old Mecklenburg Brewery coming in across the street, for example, or Barley Market being right there? All the bottle shops and breweries, and, and in all reality, it's kind of like why does all of the car dealerships end up in the same side of town? Why does Home Home Depot and Lowe's always build across the street from each other? So it's it's really um, complementary. And what you'll find um, if you ever explore some of the brewing industry is it's a very wide open network. Uh, everyone wants to help each other, and uh, rising tide lifts all boats. Brian, I, I got to ask you a question. Okay, state law currently allows people 21 and older to carry a concealed handgun if they first obtain a permit from the sheriff's office. And there's House Bill 189, and it would lower the age which concealed carry is allowed to carry to 18. Is that bill still before the legislature? Has 189 been approved? I think 189 has been, I think it's stalled. I don't think it's, I think it's, it's kind of been put away for a little while. Well, then a short answer. Uh, it, if I have a permit to carry a gun, say in South Carolina or Virginia, does that authorize me to carry a gun in North Carolina? Yeah, uh, South Carolina, Virginia, yes, they are reciprocal with North Carolina. North Carolina is reciprocal with about 37 different states. Okay. So, you know, you can pick the uh, 13 states that it's not reciprocal with probably pretty, pretty easily. And we're going to ask you some more questions as, as it relates to the range at Lake Norman. 
uh, and when we come back. And we also, again, talk about some of the things related to leadership, Lake Norman. Uh, I'm your host, Bill Russell, uh, from the Lake Norman Chamber of Commerce with Brian Sisson, the range at Lake Norman. We have Don Kakitsis from uh, Smithville Coalition and Douglas Marion with Advanced Wealth Strategies. Please come back and join us on Town Talk after a break for some news. Welcome back to Town Talk. I'm your host, Bill Russell, Don Kakitas, Douglas Marion, and Brian Sisson here. We've been talking about leadership, Lake Norman, Smithville, Advanced Wealth Strategies, and the range at Lake Norman. Got to go back at you. Can anybody have a gun in their car, Brian? Um, well, uh, saying anyone <laughs> is a, a, a really broad, okay, okay. really broad uh, group of people. But uh, yes, any any legal gun owner as long as you don't have a felony have a or something like that in your past correct criminal background something correct. along those yes. lines yes yeah you can have it in your car if you're a concealed carry permit holder you can have it concealed if you're not a concealed carry permit holder it must be in plain view right or it must be out of your reach brian you are the former mayor pro tem town of, uh, of huntersville i think you served four times Four, uh, yeah, eight years. We have a rodeo down there now. We <laughs> we have uh, 17 people running for town board. We have three people running for mayor. Your impression of what's going on in Huntersville? I'm glad I live in Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, it's going to be interesting. I mean, it's a whole mix of people that are running down there, um, all different political affiliations and ideologies. Um it's, it's, I have a word for what it's going to be, but I probably shouldn't say it over the radio. Brian, um, when you served in those years, cause I think you, you were pretty much done in 2008 or so. Yeah, 2009 was my last so year. So 2009, social media, <laughs> I don't even know that really existed. Uh, certainly Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter that we see. But my question is the people that showed up, uh, from HOAs or there that night, citizens comments, how much did that influence your board or other commissioners, uh, did that really weigh in on, on what you were doing that night? It, it, it depended on what the issue were, was and how much turnout came out for something. I mean, we, we had some issues that we got a lot of turnout for. Um, and it, it, it yes, it plays into your decision-making process. But you know, the thing people don't understand is with elected officials, you're receiving so much information behind the scenes mm-hmm. that nobody else is aware of. Um, and that, that's what you're making your decision based upon. You're making it based on law. You're mis- making it based on whatever your ordinances are. Um, you're making it based on information provided, you know, if it's development provided by the developer. So there's a lot of information that you're taking in. And, and you know, when the citizens come out and speak, typically, you know, I tell, and I've told the commissioners in Huntersville with the last controversial project, I said, Regardless of what decision you make, you have 5% of the people that love you, 5% of the people that hate you, and 90% that really just don't give a, you know, they don't care. Um, so to, to listen and take to heart what people who are standing up um, and, and talking about, you, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt because the other side of it is usually it's the people who are against something that are going to come out and talk about it. Mm-hmm. The people that are for it are going to sit home because... They're for it. There's no reason to come out and talk about it. You know, one of the things I've always respected about both 
Brian Sisson and Tricia Sisson as elected officials. And, and I'll just say there are, there are politicians and there are elected officials. Uh, you two were elected officials. You, you, you went in there and looked at the budget. Um, I don't know that you ever voted for a budget. I never did. <laughs> I didn't think you did. Uh, Trisha Sisson was somebody who she said, look, if I don't get reelected based on my votes, so be it. This is what I think. This is how I feel. And um, you, you stuck by those guns, uh, the two of you. Um, you and Douglas have been outspoken proponents of some commercial development, largely because I think you believe in the property rights, uh, certainly uh, on the Cornelius Business Park, Laguna Bay. Um, any any feedback on that? No, I mean, I, I'm, I'm a big proponent of property rights. Uh, I'm also a big proponent of bringing business to the community. Um, as a small retail business owner, we thrive on other businesses coming to town and rooftops. We need rooftops. If we don't have rooftops, we can't survive as small businesses. And uh, a lot of the elected officials just don't understand that. And a lot of the community doesn't understand that. You know, we've heard a lot of talk about how people want top-notch restaurants in the area. Mm -hmm. They're not coming here without the rooftops. We don't have the population density. And part of the problem is we get this huge body of water right here. Mm -hmm. um, it takes up, you know, what would normally be a population base. So it's a struggle for, I know it's a struggle for elected officials because they have a lot of people complaining, you know, the roads can't handle it, blah, 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 blah. Um, but it's a struggle for us as small business owners too, because we need more population here to make our businesses as successful as we want them to be. Douglas, I was reading something the other day, Business Day, Cornelius Today, talked about one of the projects, and I saw somebody wrote, well, the citizens are upset against this. Why is the Chamber of Commerce so for it? You know, if the citizens are against it. Well, I wanted to type, but I didn't. That we're, we're, the, we're the Chamber of Commerce, not the Chamber of Citizens. Uh, we represent business. I mean, and our number one goal is to strengthen the businesses that are here, but also to bring jobs here so people don't have to, to drive to Charlotte for their jobs. That was the one thing in 1996. They... Most people had to drive to Charlotte for their jobs, clogging I-77. So we're trying to build schools closer to where the kids are. We're trying to bring jobs closer to where the people live. You too have been a, a very outspoken um, spokesperson for development when it makes sense. When it makes sense, yes. Um, so while the chamber is, you know, I'll speak on behalf of the chamber a little bit, but also me personally, you know, people can complain about traffic or things like that, but what a lot of people don't realize is traffic primarily is an NCDOT problem. It's not a Cornelius or Huntersville or Davidson or Mooresville problem. Uh, what a lot of people don't know, and I call them keyboard warriors, uh, there, are the, there are a ton of road projects that are already approved on the slate to widen uh, our streets, specifically Catawba, West Catawba Avenue, uh, Statesville Road, Highway 115, Highway 73, um, so a lot of the, a lot of the roads that people complain about already have already been approved years ago, mm -hmm. many of which were already going to be done in 2020 and 2021 and 2022. Then COVID happened and NCDOT said, well, now we don't have funding because we're not getting gas taxes. So a lot of those projects that would have been the best time in the world to pave when no one was driving, uh, got delayed. So, um, when people complain about traffic and that sort of thing, I agree with you. I don't like sitting in traffic just like anyone else, but I agree with Brian. From a business standpoint, we need as many people as possible. And if they're bringing in good jobs, uh, good high-paying jobs, then it's going to overall help the small business community. So from a chamber standpoint and even my personal uh, standpoint is if something makes uh, sense and 
is not going to generate more traffic, I would alternatively go to those same people and say, if you put in a fast food restaurant here, rather than the commercial business park, that's going to generate loads more traffic than, uh, you know, a neighborhood or a, a retail um, restaurants, things like that. Um, so, you know, I heard other people talk about, you know, Ch- Chick-fil-A and Starbucks on West Catawba Avenue generate 10 times more traffic than a townhome community does. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, you have, just have to take a step <laughs> back from from uh, the density and the traffic problem and say, what's going to make the most sense here for the best use of this land? You know, we talk about traffic congestion and we talk about development, but another issue that is that's something that we've got to get our hands around as business leaders and community leaders is affordable housing. We've got, we've literally got people that, that serve our community as teachers, as fire police that can't even afford to live in the community they serve. Dawn, you guys are working on issues related to affordable housing. Can you speak to that? Yeah, the revitalization plan was set up um, to create a better quality of life, primarily for residents in Smithville. So when we look at housing opportunities for um, you know, the single family homes and townhomes and rental units that we'll be building in Smithville, those will be accessible to Smithville residents first. Um, and then the second tier of the lottery for housing will be residents of Smithville. Um, I'm sorry, heirs of Smithville. Uh, and then the third will be um, town of Cornelius employees. And then the fourth lottery will be for first responders and CMS employees so that our public servants will be able to live and work in Cornelius. We've got about two minutes left before we go off. Uh, again, we've been talking about a variety of issues, everything from talking about gun ownership to uh, affordable housing, also the Leadership Lake Norman program. That's what we started off talking about. If if you're in a community, whether it's Statesville, Morrisville, anywhere in Lake Norman, your Chamber of Commerce, chances are, are running a leadership program. Uh, you can find information about Leadership Lake Norman, which is a program that we run as a Chamber of Commerce. The Lake Norman Chamber is a chamber that serves about 850 members, primarily in Cornelius, Davidson, Huntersville, Mooresville, Denver. Uh, been around for 35 years, and uh, Leadership Lake Norman is a program that we started in 1997. Uh, we've got a couple of programs coming up next week. Uh, or August the 10th, we have a quarterly nonprofit roundtable, and you were talking about that a little while ago. It's going to be held at Homewood Suites. If you're a late Norman nonprofit, if you serve on the board of directors or you're the exec of a nonprofit, come on out. Uh, we're going to be at the Homewood Suites in Davidson, and it's a chance for these regional nonprofits to go around the room and share a little bit about what they do and any kind of <clears throat> projects that they have coming up in the next quarter. We started that about 10 years ago because we actually had three gala events in one weekend, and uh, we don't need to be usurping each other's events. And on Friday, August the 11th, we have a seminar that is Unlocking Business Growth with Content Creation Using Radio and Social Media that our partners here at WSIC is going to be putting together. Uh, So Justin is going to be there, which Bill's in the uh, other room. Um, earlier, we were listening to Justin talk about bashing baseball. I don't really know what that's about, um, but we're going to have to talk about station owner about that. But anyway, help him. shout out real quickly to Big Dad at the Lake. Just a couple of weeks ago, raised $143,761. It was the most ever for Big Brothers and Big Sisters. We had 90 kids there, littles. That's the most since COVID. You guys have been a very avid supporters of that program. I want to remind everybody, if it's Wednesday afternoon, 
We're talking about our towns on Town Talk, WSIC. We'll see you next week.